0: I don't know if you have the opportunity to watch Dope Sick. I believe Michael Keaton just won a St- Screen Actors Guild Award for his role as a doctor in this, uh, I believe it's a four or six part series. I don't remember. I, I, I binged it. So I consumed it like a really good book on Purdue Pharma and the opioid problem in the States. I'd like to welcome to the show Daryl Singer, Head of Commercial and Civil Litigation for Diamond and Diamond. Daryl, the reason why we uh, reached out to you this morning is Purdue Pharma has um, agreed to a new opioid settlement of $6 billion. This is um, a nationwide settlement, and this is over its role in the opioid crisis. The Sackler family members um, are pretty happy about this, I'm sure, because although they're losing money and a lot of money to most people they still have money to burn and they are protected uh from civil lawsuits can you tell us a little bit more about this deal
1: yeah so so it's that's a u.s class action and it is significantly larger simply because of the number of affected members of the class there is a canadian class action i'm not involved in it there's a number of firms in canada that are and there's a provisional settlement which is going to court at the end of this month and if approved The Canadian settlement is significantly smaller. I I didn't have a chance to look it up this morning, but I think it's in the range of 20 million. So nowhere near the six billion. But that's not unusual. The U.S. actions tend to be worth significantly more. But but you know this there's no amount of money that you can put on this, Kelly. You may you may not know this. In addition to running the class action group at my firm, I was an OxyContin addict uh, uh, more than 10 years ago. I've spoken extensively about this on many media outlets in our city, uh, I think including yours at one point in time. So I have a vested interest in this. I'm very, very happy to see this settlement. And I... I I hope nothing good happens to the Sacklers or their company. Um, This drug got out of control because when it came to market, what happened was they sold a bill of goods to the doctors. The way it was marketed was "This this is an opioid that is not addictive, right, which is counterintuitive to begin with. And they had all of this sort of fake science to back it up. And, you know, the doctors didn't know any better. They relied on, on, on Purdue and their salespeople. And the patients like myself were told, look, here's this great drug for your chronic pain. Uh, and, and you don't have to worry. It's not like the other things that you would get addicted to. And it turned out that they knew from the very beginning that this was a highly, highly addictive drug.
0: The deal is not going to shield members of the family from criminal charges, but there's no indication that they are forthcoming. To me, after watching Dope Sick and reading about uh, Purdue Pharma and the Sackler family and what they knew about the uh, ability to get addicted to Oxycontin um, and just their blatant um, mislabeling and such, uh, it, it seems crazy that they're not facing criminal charges yet.
1: Yeah, and I can't really speak to that. The U.S. system is very different than ours, so I don't know how those decisions would have been made. But it's certainly, you know, in in Canada, I can tell you that if they were Canadian, you can't have a civil settlement in Canada that would preclude criminal charges because there's a separation from the civil side to the criminal side. But uh, again, I don't know how it's, it's done in the U.S. And I suspect that their agreement to... Uh, uh, to that settlement, the Sackler's agreement and the company's agreement was based on protecting them. And, and that, mm-hmm. that settlement's been in the works for a number of years, and I've been following it very closely. And I think it, it, it those of us who were following it knew that that was sort of inevitable. They weren't going to take any personal liability on this thing.
0: Okay, so this plan could be worth uh, $10 billion over time. It calls for members of the Sackler family to give up control of the Stamford, Connecticut-based company, and they're going to turn it into a new entity, and this is where people are happy with it. The profit, the profits, will be used to fight the opioid cro- uh, crisis in the United States. Is that good enough?
1: Hey, listen, I'm a skeptic. Uh, first of all, I, you know, pharma companies to begin with are—they do a lot of good. Let me make that clear. They do a lot of great things. They provide a lot of good services. Sure. We have a vaccine because, because of, vaccine.
0: of pharma companies.
1: Right. Exactly. Big pharma can be great. But I'm involved in other class actions as well against big pharma for similar sorts of mislabeling uh, uh, and, you know, sort of pulling the wool over people's eyes. So I'm not optimistic that that money is all going to go where it needs to go. I'm not even sure when they talk about treating the opioid crisis. I'm not sure how you do that on a mass scale just by saying, well, we're going to have a foundation with a bunch of money. So Under the until it happens, Kelly. I'm not. Yeah. I'm not going to believe it.
0: Well, under the settlement, victims are also allowed to have a forum in court. So they they can appear by video conference and that'll be, they've selected a date March 9th to address some of the Sacklers. I, th- that is something that they, nobody's been able to do in a public setting before. Is it, what's the importance of this? Is it even important? Like, is that oh, a- hugely, hugely oh, Okay, Okay. And can you speak to it from the point of view as a lawyer? And then maybe somebody that was, you know, a former addict of an opioid. Yeah,
1: I I can. I think it's very, very important. I think that it's similar to what we see in sexual assault cases in criminal courts here, where you have victim impact statements, for example. The ability of those people to, you know, and and the people I suspect that will be choose to appear are the people that will have been hit the absolute hardest by this. And for them to have their day in court, because one of the things that usually, you know, 99.9% of the time when there's a settlement, ultimately the case does not go to court. And so although the the, the you know the plaintiffs or the victims in a particular case are being compensated, their voice is taken away in the sense that they don't have the opportunity to speak publicly or speak in court. In fact, in most settlements, there is a gag order, right, so that mm. people can't speak publicly. So I think it's a very, very important it's part of the cathartic Process Like, I know just for me, the fact that, you know, when I went through my recovery and, and got better and, and came out the other side of it in 2010, and I've spent, you know, the last 12 years or so speaking very, very publicly within my profession and, and, in, in, and in the media and the GTA uh, about it, it's a very cathartic process. And so I think for these people who choose to, to have the opportunity to stand in court, even virtually, and look the Schockler family in the eye and say, you've ruined my life and here's what you did wrong. Um, Yeah, it's it's, it's psychologically for those people, emotionally for those people, it's huge.
0: Daryl Singer, thanks so much for joining us. I appreciate Uh, your time.
1: Yeah, my pleasure.
0: All right. Daryl Singer, head of commercial and civil litigation for Diamond and Diamond.